happening. I told you it was Depeche Mode week, man. This is Brian Jump, SAI PDR Marketing Podcast. How you been? Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Did you engorge yourself, honestly? Did you have way too many servings? You turkey person, prime rib, ham, what'd you have? I'm a vegan, Brian. I had lettuce and I had celery and that's it. Okay, great. Great, good for you. I've actually cut back on meat, so I, I feel you, baby. But, uh, oh, how was my, my Thanksgiving? Thank you for asking, Sally. It was good, it was really good. Family, friends, um, a buddy of mine, long lasting buddy. Um, yeah, we've had a couple couple fights. We've, uh, we've had some, uh, some disagreements, but I've known this guy since I was 17, so for at least five years, right? Do the math, right? Um, yeah, he, uh, his family was out of town, and uh, just like a poor stray little cat, we picked him up, invited him on over, had a great time. We all made custom t-shirts with his name on it um, and picture just to kind of, I don't know, you can't really embarrass this guy if you got to know him. He's kind of like a Andrew Dice Clay, uh, a Moroccan Andrew Dice Clay, which I know you're probably thinking that's kind of a weird twist. Yeah, it is. And he's a weird twisted kind of guy. But uh, yeah, luckily he didn't do his set uh, like an Andrew Dice set in front of my in-laws because that would have been... Uh, I mean, one of his favorite handshakes is a camel toe handshake. So right away, you get an idea what this guy's about. Yeah. Hey, can anybody do the camel toe handshake? Right there. Just make the, put the two little knuckles. There it is. Let's go. Bump it. Yeah. Things like that, but all night. So luckily, he tamed it down a little bit. So the in-laws uh, didn't look at me kind of weird and wish that I hadn't married their daughter. Um, beyond that, it was good. Good food, good times, uh, a little bit of music. Um, I mean, how would it have been perfect, you're probably asking me? I'll answer that question. Um, if the bulldog could have came. But I get why he could. He'd get on their white furniture and their lily white floors and, you know, his butt juices would be dripping on the tile. And I, I know, it's just not the appropriate place for a bulldog. I understand. I just like to bend the rules every now and then. No, I didn't bring him, so. But anyway, thank you for asking. Hope you guys had a good one. Let's get into this podcast, shall we? Let's talk about something disgusting, AKA money. Money disgusts me and I love it. So last podcast, uh, we chatted a little bit about marketing for bigger ticket say, bigger ticket jobs, right? If you're gonna do, if you remember, I'll, I'll uh, lead you guys back down the Illibic Road and then come back again. Um, speaking of which, Elton John, if you guys, uh, it's his last show, last chance to go see him. He does not sound good, I will tell you that. I heard a recap. The other day, and it, you know, he's squeezing those lungs for every golden drop he can get out of him. And I, can you blame him? No, I can't. He's a, he's a talent. I've always been a big fan. Um, but uh, Mark Knopfler, I'm, I'm way so, uh, sideways right now, but I'm gonna finish it. From Dire Straits, fucking hates, hates Elton John, and he said he called him a faggot in one of his songs. Um, but uh, anyway. That's true. It's a true story, at least from what I've been told. Um, he doesn't use his name, but they say that's who he was referring to. So anyway. Um, so yeah, big ticket jobs, big ticket sales. Um, we talked about marketing for that, especially if you're going to do social media to make social media work. It's tough to, to, to bank hard on social media 
if you're shilling $100 items or $200 items? How many are you going to sell? You have to have a you know, mid-five-figure or, or a super-engaged uh, audience to sell a shit ton of, of product, right? To be pushing whatever it is you push, you know? So, you know, how much upside does that 200 dent guy, you know, have versus the $2,000 dent guy? You know, but I will tell you this, which niche has more competition? The $200 dent guy, right? I mean, of course, there's a lot more people that have that, that attributed skill versus, excuse me, versus the 2000. I shouldn't have had sparkling water before the podcast. I just realized that, but let's keep moving. Um, which niche is going to be more picky? Okay, I'll ask you that. Yeah, of course. The $200 one. You would think, oh man, the 2000 because he's this. No, man, he's happy that you can even do it. He or she is like stoked. The $200 guy is typically cheap and picky. And those are two things I don't like. Normally I'd say I offer two things. I offer good prices and exceptional quality. You know, well, I need it fast. Well, okay, then pick one of those then. You know, it's, you can't, you can't be cheap and picky. Matter of fact, I don't do cheap. So I don't even worry about the picky. You can, I'll charge a lot of money and you can be picky about it. That's fine. But you can't be cheap and be picky. Therefore, I don't do the cheap. We had a lady come in, super nice lady. Super nice lady. Alternative lifestyle, I will say. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Okay. Um, yeah, you guys want to get the reference. I don't even say it. 1978 Ford F350 Dually. Beat the hell up. Dense everywhere. Had somebody did like Krylon touch up. And I'm like, okay. We got to help this truck out. So she's like, but I, Jeff and I and the painter and myself were looking at it. We're like, we don't want to work on this thing. It's too much work, da, da, da. But we did it because she was super sweet and upbeat and everything else. So let's see. It's already coming out. Agua? So, um, so anyway, yeah, we, we told her we'd fix her car, but we only did it because she was sweet. And I'm watching him. He's trying to fill a water bottle with the water dispenser over here. But you know how there's usually two different outlets? He's pressing the button, but it's going out the, right, the wrong outlet all over the floor. I'm just going to look at him like, thank you for getting the whole floor wet. Thanks, Jose. Um, go tool maker, horrible water, water, baller, water bottle filler upper. Um, so anyway, we, long story short, we we picked the customer. She didn't pick us. I mean, yeah, at the beginning she she came, but we we didn't want. And I, when she tried to get me a better price, I mean, can I get a package deal on all the, all this work? I, I and her name, let's call her Sally, because that's a name I like to use a lot. Sally, I, I, I I'll do this job for you if you like, but I, I can't give you a deal because you really don't have any leverage on me because I I just don't. And I said the word, you don't have leverage on us, and Jeff kind of smiled. Because we really don't want to do the job, to be honest with you. We'll do it, and we're happy to do it because we like you as a person. But this isn't the kind of work that we try to go after. 1975, you know, beat up four duallys. And she understood. She's like, that's okay. I understand. And, and gave us the keys and said, fix it. You know, some people would have been, been pissed if you tell them that. I mean, it's all about context, right? But, but you pick your customer, you know. And let's get into pricing. Cheap people are harder to deal with. They really are. And premium price customers are typically easier to deal with. How, you're probably thinking, how the fuck does that work? It does, especially if you've been in business long enough. You know this to be true. 
Because the people who spend money automatically think they're getting more value. You have to really fuck things up to not to, to flip the coin and pe- people say, ah, oh, shit, I thought I was getting more value. I didn't. Those who spend less feel they get less value. That's why they're picky because they're trying to squeeze every freaking drop out of that grapefruit. Okay? The, psych- the psychological with pricing is insane, in other words, guys. So, All right, so moving on. Are you focusing on getting better tools for your business? Because we're coming up to Christmas and Black Friday. Or becoming a, a better marketer for your business. You want to be a better tech or a better marketer? I've talked about this before, I know, ad nauseum. Let's break it down this way. If you're two years or longer into the business, you damn well better be freaking pointing your nose at marketing, 80%. If you're one or a year or less in the business, then you probably should still do both, but if you can't really perform debt removal or in the bed, you need to work on fixing both those problems, okay? So freaking performing, or marketing, you decide. All right, so story time. I have a student, Vadim, Vadim the Ukrainian. Okay, he, he learned PDR a few months back, and you probably heard me talk about him from time to time. He comes in evenings and weekends. I don't charge him a thin dime, and he helps us out from time to time doing other shit. Okay, he works for Mako. Um, that's his regular his regular job. Okay, he said that they average between. I don't know how he knows this. The the guy's super smart, by the way. It's funny how, I don't know about you guys, but when somebody doesn't speak our language, sometimes uh, my pea brain defaults to the fact that they're not intelligent, which is such a stupid thing to do. That'd be like me going to France, and I'm tripping all over my French, and they're they're probably thinking, stupid American. You know, And, and I don't think he's stupid, but sometimes I just, I almost assume sometimes because he's fumbling for words, oh, he's not smart, which is dumb. It's absolutely dumb. And I know the guy's brilliant, but I just, my, my subconscious sometimes tries to go down that road, which is so insane. All right. But anyway, his job is with Mako. He said they average between 80 and $100,000 a month. Okay. Gross. I don't know how he knows this. And he says their best month was 180. I guess the guys must chat it up over there about numbers. Maybe the manager. He says the overhead last month was about 80 grand for fixed costs, including labor. Okay. Do you get all those numbers? I threw them at you fast. They average 80 to a hundred per month. Okay, and their overhead's around 80. I think he said, did he say 80 or 40? Hold on a second. I think four, I'm sorry, 40, 40. There it is, 40 or 45 grand, that wasn't 80. They average 80 to 100 gross, 40, 40 is their, their, uh, their costs. So they're making anywhere between 40 and 60 grand net a month, okay? They gross 1.2 on average every year. Okay, and most makos, if you look on online, that's what they say. And the owner gets around 15% of that. So 10% be 120, 15, what is that, 180? So 180 to 200 grand, that's what an owner makes. Okay, now that's an owner probably working in there, I imagine. How does that sound to you guys, by the way? You're running a body shop, okay? You have staff, you're ordering paint, parts, the whole nine, and you're making 180. Does it sound like a lot of money? It's not. We talked about this. 100 grand in 2023 is not a lot. So let's say you're a PDR tech. You knew I was going here. Let's say you're a PDR tech and you gross 250. That's not that hard to do, guys. What's your net? 
Well, let's see. I'm a PDR tech. It's 250. We our business model, as you guys know, or if you're getting into the business, listen up. I want to see those ears get huge like Dopey or Pinocchio right now. Get make them huge. Listen. Eh, listen to everything I say. You make a lot more money than an average Mako franchise owner who put up 100 to 400 grand to get that business running. And think about the stress that that franchise owner has, right? Running a medium-sized buy shop, 20 to 40 personnel, and so on. Oh man, this month sucked. I had to fire a bunch of people. I got people stealing shit. On and on and on. Or you're just a one-man bandit pushing metal. Dee dee dee. I'm done my eight-hour day. I'm going home. I don't have to work late. I don't have to get cussed out from some lady because because we had a, a paint problem on her little old Ford Mustang that she brought to us because Mako's the company that does that kind of shit. You have a more flexible schedule and infinitely less stress, I postulate. I hypothesize. The only advantage, truly, guys, I see um, being in, in the Mako driver's seat versus a solo PDR is selling the business, resale. If you have a brick-and-mortar PDR shop, I, I think you might give a, a, a Mako a run for their money. And you'll probably be alive at time of sale versus the Mako franchise owner who's an owner-operator may not be due to stress. I mean, we literally had a guy here. I don't know if I talked about this. He ran a, a auto, not an auto, a home, a, they call it what, restoration when you get like flooding and fire and shit, reclamation kind of shit where you vacuum carpets and clean mold out and stuff. He was stressing big time. He, I guess he was making pretty good money, but uh, he had a stroke at 47 years old. The dude's lean and fit and surfed all the time. But the business just put so much. That's guys. I'm telling you right now, number one above, eat crack and every just about every bad thing you do for your body, just about within limits, is stress. Stress is the killer, man. More than than bad food or or, or substance within reason. I mean, yeah, yeah. She does freaking crack and meth. Okay, you might be worse than or equal to stress. So, so what does all this mean? This means that we're freaking damn lucky. We're PDR techs. And fuck running a Mako. That's what this means. That's my, that's my summary. Um, okay, another question. Do you guys take on insurance work? Okay. What do you do if the insurance company says, Oh, nay, I'm not paying that $1,800 estimate. Happy. Your name's Happy in this, this uh, little, little play. So... So what do you do? What do you do? The insurance company says no. Do you just quit and say, tell the customer, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Take it somewhere else. Okay. Or do you do it for that amount that they, they come at you for? Like, let's say it's 1200 and you're 1800 Or C, educate the customer and resubmit that goddamn supplement. And if need be, go up the chain of management. You can fire the adjuster. You know what? I'd like to have another adjuster, please. And that pisses off the person who's a salaried adjuster because they get scored, number one. Number two, it really pisses off somebody who is like a, like a cat manager or somebody that's gun for hire. You know, not a regular salary, but a third, third party company that supplies adjusters to help out the insurance company. That really fucks with them. You can do it. 
they don't know that we know this most of the time, so they're not that worried about it. But you know what? And you can say, hey, I fire you. <laughs> Get me another adjuster. Okay, we'll do. So that's that's the, the main thing. But the main, 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 main thing, that's three M's, is the customer is key, guys. If you own the customer, if you and the customer are bros, you're like, you guys skip down the freaking lily pad and hold hands, singing Beatle, humming Beatle tunes or whatever. That customer trusts you and has entrusted you with their car. The customer has the power. They want the auto pay or the checks coming in to progressive every month. And if there's any any risk to that, they're going to bend over backwards because that customer's been with usually a long time, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and maybe only has zero to two, three claims on average, right? Of course they want that person. And if they have, they're, this is just a game. It's just a little chess game. So all you got to do is get with the customer and have them call and say, hey, you know what? I know I said we're going to get your car done on time, but right now we're getting a little pushback from insurance. I don't know why. Would you mind calling them? And that will put some pressure on insurance immediately. So the two, the two leverages you have is number one, fire the adjuster, or two, have the customer contact them. And as long as you're, this is, this is the, I always say everything's the most important. They're all, they're all equally important. Your price has to be within market. I mean, if you're trying to do a $1,500 job for the market and you're trying to get four grand for it, it ain't happening. I mean, if you're within three to 500 bucks, okay, at least you're not being unreasonable. If you're two and a half times market, that adjuster can end up telling your, your, the insured, hey, we would love to approve it, but you're, the shop you picked are a bunch of morons, you know? As, and, and they don't forget the whole game from the insurance. They want to keep, number one, they want to keep the insured, but number two, they're always trying to send them to the DRP, those little fuckers, because they get 10 to 15% off from the DRP. It's just a game, so they feed them. They feed that ugly, wasteful, sloppy, lazy-ass bitch who typically doesn't do as good as work as you. Why? They're not incentivized to, to do the same work that you do, right? They're incentivized to cut corners. They're incentivized to get shittier parts. They're incentivized to just push it through. We had a Mercedes come in the other day, and I, Jeff and I couldn't believe it. It didn't even have coverage on the bottom two doors. They repainted the doors, some body shop, and it, they didn't clear it all the way to the bottom of the door. They didn't even blend it. They just like freaking just stopped, just hoping people wouldn't see it. I'm like, how fucking lazy can you be? If you're going to do anything in life, son, do do it well. Come on, man. You, we got, I, mean, I don't know. What you, wait, in your next life, you're going to be a freaking Picasso? Of course not. You got one shot at this. Unless you believe in reincarnation. Then you're going to reincarnate as a freaking salamander because your work sucked. I don't know. I just couldn't believe it. I mean, this is like a 2020. E-class Mercedes, charcoal gray. And the guy was kind of going, kind of nitpicking. We had a little bit of dust and a paint job. And we hadn't even cut the bumper yet. We're like, yeah, you're bringing it back in a week to cut it. Those little dustings be gone. Oh, cool. I thought that was, I thought that's all we could do. No, it's going to be perfect. Okay, thanks so much. See you guys. And then Jeff points it out, the doors. And I went back out and looked at it. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this guy was nitpicking. He's about two pieces of dust in the paint. And his passenger front and rear door don't even have clear or color you see primer last inch and a half. It's like, what? I don't know. I don't know, guys. I just throw my hands up in the air. And on a sad note, I hate to 
in a podcast, especially going into a weekend. Gallagher, I just found out, has passed. Yes. The beloved comedian, stage hack, who would have a sledgehammer and smash watermelons, has is no longer with us. And it's sad because he was talented. He was a, a ridiculous prop man. And I think he was, I think he had actually passed out during one of his shows not too long ago, poor guy. And then before this show, that was it. The curtain call came early, if you get what I'm saying. So, and I liked him. He was kind of silly, kind of a vaudevillian, AKA 70s guy, mustache, bald head, but hair coming out the side kind of guy. Always wore a hat because of that. And then his main thing was, He'd have that watermelon and the people in the front row would, would bring bags because the watermelon would actually just pieces would jut out and and spray them, which was kind of funny if you think about it. But anyway, rest in peace, Gallagher. We're going to miss your, your antics. Hopefully some of the angels are getting watermelon seeds splattered on them right now. And uh, that's it, guys. I appreciate you tuning in. And where we catch you, we'll catch you, of course, on the next SAI PDR Marketing Podcast. Have a great weekend. Enjoy family and enjoy some good food, some beverages, some experiences. Life's about experiences, guys. It really is. It's about doing stuff. So get out and do. Do you. We'll talk Monday. Have a good one. Bye-bye for now.